Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. You are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. So, Jake, thanks for joining the podcast here. Man, I'm, I'm really excited to have you as a guest. Um, really excited to talk a little more about your business and just hear more about how you're helping uh, your customers and, and people who are looking to get a little more um, savvy with their money, uh, which is obviously one of my goals here with the podcast. So I'm really excited to, to have you on and, and see what we can help people figure out and learn about themselves. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, I'm excited to you know keep listening to this. And I, I really enjoyed the first episode and helping people with their finances that's my passion and and talking with people with similar interests like yourself so i'm pumped love to hear it love to hear it love to hear that people are fans (laughs) um all right cool so i mean jake maybe you could just provide a little little background here um everybody this is jake marvin and i'm gonna let him talk about himself for a little bit here give a little intro and and let the people know who they're, they're talking with yeah, so, uh, you know, I was the son of a banker, so money's always kind of been a topic that I've known about from the time I was five years old. If I got birthday cash, I had to put, you know, money into savings and money into tithing and you know, almost budget necessarily. So it's something I've grown up around. I studied business and economics in college, um, graduated college back in 2013, and then became a banker myself. I uh, worked for First Bank here in Colorado for three years and learned a lot, did a lot of different things. Um, but didn't actually want that uh, corporate lifestyle forever and felt a little trapped where I was and wanted to be a little more free and work on building my goals and my dreams. Um, kind of took a really weird career change. It's not typical and left my job to go do some missions ministry overseas in Europe and was in the right place, right time. I actually got a professional basketball contract. So, <laughs> nice. uh, played, played professional basketball in Europe for two years, uh, helped lead a, a youth group in Germany. Um, and now, you know, been back stateside for a little over a year, helping do some education, do a little substitute teaching. And that's really all led me to what I'm doing now, which is financial coaching. I saw a huge need in the high schools and I was teaching them about just the lack of financial aptitude and knowing, you know, these people are about to make some of the biggest decisions of their lives financially with student loans. So it's kind of grown into this coaching business and COVID gave me a little jump start to work on that. And really been working actually with a lot of young adults as well. So students and young adults, kind of my bread and butter for the people that I like to uh, work with and help. And um, just really grassroots right now, but love seeing some growth and just really excited to see what where this takes off. That's awesome, man. I, I love to hear that. Using COVID to start a business, a lot of free time on your hands and being productive with it. Um, when we talked the other day, I actually didn't ask you this, but something that made me kind of realize here that there was maybe even a another need um when you were overseas playing basketball what was like what was your teammates and and those types of players relationship with money like because you came from finance and went and played basketball um 
what, what was that like there? Did you see any glaring holes? Because you, you hear about athletes and artists always being either taken advantage of or just mismanaging their money. Did you, did you see anything like that firsthand? Um, so a lot of the, the people I was work, playing with were, were locals who were students. Um, so, you know, they were in that perfect stage of life where we got to have a lot of good conversations just, you know, naturally on bus rides and whatever, just talking general financial stuff. Um, but actually one of the things that led to what I'm doing now is uh, a past a roommate of mine who was a fellow American and teammate. We just kind of got to talk about, he, he was younger than me um, and grew up, you know, East coast. I was more Midwestern. And we just talked about what, um, what was lacking. Um, and financial education was one of those things that he said, you know, he wished he would have had more of growing up. And, you know, that was kind of the difference of some of our upbringing. We got to really understand uh, what that difference is. So it was, it was great just having that opportunity um, to build chat about that, which actually started to birth this idea a little bit as well of the financial education helping. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just want everyone to be on the even playing field. So whatever it takes for everyone to be able to have a fair chance at finances. Um, and and one of those conversations was one of the main ones that got me started thinking about that. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like that there having, having a fair, uh, playing field there because at the end of the day like just so many people don't talk about money when they're kids and then they grow up not knowing about money um and it's important i mean i it's 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 a taboo subject and i just want to break that down um and have people just comfortable talking about it uh love meeting more people who are doing stuff around that too um so you have started your own business this summer how's that going um what's what's the business looking like these days and you know tell us a little bit about that more yeah so it's it's been great so far. I'm learning a lot. Um, you know, again, like I said, this season, based on how everything works, it's been more um, targeted towards young adults. Not really great time to be, I'm not in front of students as much anymore with COVID happening. So, um, but yeah, I've been, you know, some financial sessions each week, just doing a lot of research and learning, you know, growing in my own thing and doing research, especially on things that are happening today, like the CARES Act, like what might happen with the real estate industry and how, you know, student loan deferment, how mortgage deferment, how that impacts people. And then, you know, so I like to be able to think that I do the work for them and then can just bring it all together and give it to them in those coaching sessions. But yeah, the coaching sessions have been great. I've, I mean, every time it's by far the favorite part of my job, you know, we get done, people feel encouraged, empowered, have more hope, you know, and that's exactly what I was looking for in this business. So um, that part's going great. Of course, there's always, you know, some tough things too with, marketing and whatever lead generation that is not my thing if i could just sit and coach all day that'd be the best but that's not quite how business works so um but yeah i it's 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 been a fun journey i'm looking at bringing someone on the team right now to help with some of that and uh have a good you know six 12 month plan where for where i see this going and we're just trying to follow that step by step love it love it so if i'm hearing correctly there you're almost you're expanding already after a couple months Expanding would be one way to put it. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, Maybe that's one the salesman in me, just trying is, to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. One, one of them would just be uh, resourcing up, you know, for things that I'm, that's not my, my wheelhouse. So resource up. I could, I could spend a lot of time and money trying to figure things out or I can bring someone on board who already knows how to do that. So, um, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm an expert on a lot of things, some mm -hmm. things, not a lot. <laughs> uh, so, but not all of them. So that's where, bringing in, um, hoping, hoping to get someone on board to help with that. That makes sense. Yeah. Stick to what you're good at, right? Stick to what you know and let, and f farm out the rest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
So what's, what's the name of the business? Where can, where can people find you online and, and, and get in contact if they want to want to learn a little more from you personally here? Yeah. So, you know, as you said, my name is uh, Jake Marvin. So you can find me at jakemarvin.com. Also Instagram, jakemarvin33, Facebook, jakemarvin uh, finance. So a lot of different avenues, uh, ways people reach out to me and awesome. Um, what has, what has, um, what does the business look like right now? Like, um, in terms of typical customer, um, what do you, maybe if you could give us a little insight into what your coaching sessions are like. And I know you told me the other day, uh, I really like this, but you had a couple of ideas on making people feel a little more comfortable around the whole idea of one talking about money and two talking with a, a potential stranger about money. Right. So, uh, I loved how you were able to kind of help them get in a comfort zone, whatever that may be for everybody. Cause everybody's different. Yeah, absolutely. So, my customers, you know, I'd like to think that I have a typical customer, but it's really what I've seen so far, just anyone who's wanting to take their um, financial aptitude, financial savviness to the next step. So it's been so far, you know, range in age from 20 to 40, people in five different countries so far, so a little a worldwide uh, audience. But a lot of times, it's, I guess the, the niche that I'm finding is the, the young professional who has some debt, you know, it's maybe living closer to paycheck to paycheck and just didn't quite have the knowledge of what to do with it. Um, some people are making good income, but they just, they don't know how, how to work with that. So my main thing, my main focus is the education side. You know, I, I really want to teach people how to fish per se financially. Nice. So, you know, I could spend, I could spend, you know, an hour throwing fish at their face, but that's not going to help them. So I want to help people understand the importance of financial education and how it's something that they should be um, you know, diving into on their own, but then just to really educate them. And, you know, there's, there's four or five topics that always get brought up pretty much ranging from, you know, mindset, you know, your outlook on finances, whether you think you can be good at it or you think you can't, you're right. So, you know, helping people understand the importance of, of a good mind, positive mindset and long-term thinking when it comes to finance. Also talking just about the basics of debt, you know, the basics of investing, what's out there, what's the difference between a stock and an index fund, things that you've talked about on your podcast, I'm sure we'll keep talking about, uh, you know, getting into to real estate, as, as you know, you and I have talked about real estate, something I'm passionate about, and then, and then budgeting, um, and then different resources. You know, I always like to send resources after the fact, things, apps that I use, tips, tricks, books that I recommend. So... Typical coaching session can go over all those, but, but I do definitely like to keep it individual to the person. Mm -hmm. um, before every coaching session, I send a pre-call information sheet to each customer with about 10 to 12 questions so they can send things back to me, you know, what can help them grow in their confidence, um, you know, laying out their debt, laying out their income so that I can best be prepared to help them when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, and again, it's like you said, trying to help people feel comfortable. Finances. It's not an easy thing to talk about, especially if you feel like you're on the wrong side. If you feel yeah. like you aren't doing good enough, it's, you know, people can really easily, you know, be open about mental health or depression, but then they don't want to talk about maybe not being so healthy financially. And they think it's easier just to bury their head in the sand <laughs> than, than get help about it. So, so a couple of things like to answer your other question about how I help people feel comfortable. Um, one is actually one of my favorite questions on that sheet I send them is, how do you prefer to receive constructive criticism? Do you want, you know, one to 10, 10 being harsh, brutal honesty? I can do that. 
or, you know, one can be really softening and empathy and I can do that as well, you know, so they know going into it, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be crying a lot. You know, I had <laughs> had a customer last week who she was really worried and she said in her pre-call, she, she was telling me, she said, oh, I'm just going to try to limit the number of times that I, that I cried, just try to get through this without crying too much because she was just, you know, she was worried about just, you know, everything. It was a very yeah. sensitive topic to her and we got done know two hours and she's like oh my gosh I didn't cry at all and I feel like we got so much accomplished and and it was you know it was great so helping people feel comfortable that way um also you know it's all about what barriers they have in me trying to take that down so they don't want to be criticized I I eliminate that barrier for them um the other is my business model I believe is pretty unique for this industry where I truly have a what's called a pay what you want business model Mm-hmm. People, especially because, you know, I get a lot of strangers who I'm talking to and they don't want to send money over to someone that they've never met before they've even had the session. So I lay that out for them ahead of time, how it's going to work. And after the session, I send them an invoice for what my normal rate would be for that amount of time. And they know what that rate is ahead of time. And, but then on the invoice, they truly get to pay for it. They can fill, they can fill in the blank right now, yeah. you know, um, for what, what it meant what it was the value was to them. I don't want people to get what you pay for. I want you to pay for what you get. So what I've actually found is, you know, a lot of people are <laughs> end up actually paying more than was even an invoice because they found it to be so valuable. Love that. Um, yeah. You know, some, some people, you know, whether they can't afford whatever, there, there is a payment. I understand that. That's, that's totally their prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say about 70% of people pay the invoice and then, you know, 20 to 30 are paying extra because they're like, wow, this awesome. is, you know, this is, this was more valuable or this was worth X amount per hour. And that's what I'm going to pay you. So, so eliminate the financial stress because it's truly up to them. Um, eliminate the criticism. And then my favorite thing is when I do in-person um, sessions, I've started uh, just offering them uh, a beverage drink of choice when they show up. You said, do you want, do you want wine? Do you want beer? Do you want, I mean, you can have water too. I'll make, I'll make them a margarita. Um, you know, nice. just to take that, take that edge off a little bit because it, that edge needs to be taken off, you know? So when they can come in here, that's, everyone, that's their favorite part too. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just offered me, offered me a beer. That's awesome. And we'll sit there, we'll, we'll sit there and we'll have a drink together and chit chat and then we'll get into it, you know, and just show them like, I want people to know I'm, I say this on my market, like I'm in their corner. I'm, yeah. I'm on your side. I'm on your team. I'm not sitting across going to be berating you i'm going to be here encouraging you you know gassing you up motivating you uh, while educating at the same time so with all those three things you know for me i think it's a total win-win for them in all aspects i'm kind of surprised honestly why there isn't a lot more people who are wanting to do this to be honest with you yeah well i mean hopefully getting that next person on to help with the marketing and then just doing things like this too more networking is going to get your name out there it sounds like I mean, from what you just said there, it sounds like people are getting a lot of value out of it uh, to the point where they feel comfortable paying you what you value and rate your time and services as, or even more. Um, I think that speaks volumes right there uh, because everybody's nervous about spending money and investing to like learn more. Um, and I think that's when I, when I first really got into like personal finance and stuff, I wanted to learn about real estate investing. I wanted to learn about the stock market and not everyone has the, um, the luxury of having a, a personal mentor or someone close to them 
that they can talk with and, and really be able to learn from and, and then also provide value for in, in, in a true like symbiotic relationship there and not feel like a leech or like a parasite. And, and so by paying someone and, and investing in yourself and then also, you know, the, building that relationship at the same time, it sounds like you guys are getting a drink to begin with, like you, you guys are becoming friendly. Um, mm-hmm. That, the drink, everything opens them up a little bit more and makes them feel like you just said they're like someone in their corner, not someone who's sitting on the opposite side of the table. Um, in sales, that's what we try to say all the time, like get on the same side of the table as your customer. And it sounds like that's what you're really doing there. And by the time someone's walking out of the, the office, right, they've gotten some value. They've learned a lot. They have a path to success. And, and it's what you guys have defined as success. So it's not just yeah. something that you decided was good, going to be good. Yeah. So of and, course they're going to have and, that. And, they, and the thing that I like too is, you know, a lot of times when you just really get into someone's personal financial life, yeah. there's easily with everyone two to three things that we can identify in the first hour, which pays my fee already. Like, you know, if it's, you know, they, the value, I can, I can say three things easily that will easily pay for the, the value over. And then you talk about, but that's even before we talk about investing down the road, you know, but just, a, yeah. okay, if you make this one tip or trick, you're like, Oh my gosh, that will save me a thousand dollars from my house not right there. Mm-hmm. And it's like just little, you know, little things that they didn't know. So um, I think that's why a lot of them leave and not, don't really worry about the money part because they know the value they got was yeah. well beyond that. You know, people don't have any trouble spending hundred bucks on a new purse or a chiropractor or anything. But when it comes to changing their financial future, forever mm-hmm. it's a little hesitant but once people are at the meeting at the table then you know everyone everyone i guess i'm i yet to feel like there's been a bad session yet even ones that aren't paid like people like oh my gosh we learned so much that was very valuable and that's why i'm i'm loving what i'm doing right now john i'm not gonna lie it's, i've been looking for this for four years doing something i'm passionate about and it's happening right now so it's great hey that's what it's all about i love that right um being able to make some money, doing what you're passionate about, helping others, you're knocking it all out. Um, that sounds great. I mean, that you can see the smile on your face when you just said that right there. You're like, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing right now. Um, you don't see that too often these days um, with people that are roughly our age, right? Like late 20s, early 30s. It's, I mean, it's a grind and <laughs> you realize that. And I think, um, I mean, I personally decided that like I was going to sacrifice maybe like a little bit of comfort early on in life. And like work hard and, and work a job that's not necessarily super glamorous, but I can make a lot of money in to try to invest all that difference and come up later on and, and really come through with the, the, the benefit of, and the fruits of that labor. Um, so that's why I chose wow. sales as a profession. I think you kind of, uh, in, in addition to doing what you love now, you've hit on a couple good tips on living a low income or a low spend and, and, and low budget life. Um, and I love that too. There's different ways you can get ahead and, and mm-hmm. you can reduce what you spend. You can increase what you earn. Um, so maybe, maybe we can jump into that a little bit more on, on how you're able to like maintain that low cost of living because I think that's great because you're, you're kind of practicing what you preach. You, you nailed it earlier on. Um, practice what you preach. You're telling your customers this and, and they can look at you as an example and take actionable tips right away. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I never really will, will tell people to be doing things that I wouldn't have been doing or have done already in the past myself. And I can, you know, when people come to the house for a session, I can show them 
you know, certain things with the living, with the low-cost lifestyles, like, hey, right here, you know, just exactly like you said, it's a two-sided scale. People can earn more, people can spend less. And when you get people to start doing both, as well as making some extra smart decisions on both of those, you, you can start seeing some big difference really quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, anytime, anytime I can see something that's an actionable item, uh, you know, that will save you a couple hundred, like a hundred dollars a week, uh, as simple as budgeting and, and meal prepping, something like that. I mean, every week, four weeks a month, 12 months a year. I mean, that, that all adds up and you're looking at like $5,000 right there. Um, mm-hmm. So boom. And that was just off of like cooking. Uh, yeah. Whenever yeah, you can I, quantify well, things like that. Yeah. One of the blog articles I wrote for my website is literally called packing your lunch to uh, you know, like a six figure retirement or something like that, where we're packing your lunch to an early retirement. We're literally, yes. you know, the typical person, it's like $3,000 a year on lunches different if they just, you know, and then you invest that every year and then literally you can retire 10 years earlier. So it's just like I said, those little things add up and just knowing where to look. And I'm not going to tell everyone, oh, you have to pack your lunch every day. Right. But it's just one example of how little changes. Five bucks as hard week, as they think. Mm-hmm, five bucks a day done differently can change a lot of things. Yeah. Five, $5 a day, two for lunch. That's a steal. Really, realistically, it's like 10, um, three grand a year or so. That's almost filling up your, your Roth IRA contribution. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, these little changes, that's one little change. Um, people really assess their lives and, and have that type of discussion with a third party like yourself, then, I mean, that brings to light a lot of those different opportunities. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, back to talking about that low, that low um, cost of living lifestyle, you know, like for me, the important thing and to everyone's different, but like for me, material possessions are not as important. Um, you know, I, my, what I work for and what I help other people work for is like, is the time freedom, you know, the, the stress freedom, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would rather um, not have to set an alarm each day and be able to work for myself than have that second, you know, really nice coat or something. You know, I'm <laughs> my thing as, as people, you know, you'll see on all these financial profiles, like the goal is not to look wealthy. The goal is to be wealthy. And I want to help people be wealthy, not just, look wealthy, not saying that positions are bad or they can't do that. But, you know, I, for me, if someone saw me on the street, they'd be like, Oh, you're a dude, that dude might be broke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not flashy. I guess I'm not flashy. I'm yeah. a simple, simple guy, but I value my time freedom. And once you start, people start realizing that more money and it's a tool and that tool can get you freedom, get you time back. When you realize that money literally can get you time back. That's when, you know, part of the, the, the gear starts switching in their eyes and, and more people get on board the uh, financial aptitude train. Oh yeah. When, when you mentioned last week, create the life you want to live. I wrote that down cause I love that. Like, and you just nailed it there, right? Like you, you don't need to look flashy when you walk down the street. I personally do like material possessions. Not really like anybody who knows me will know that, but I think there's balance. And I think that's like what different, like what I personally think of myself as different from someone who just likes the nice stuff and isn't willing to do the work or willing to make the sacrifices elsewhere in their life. So like, I don't mm-hmm. care about going out to lunch. That is a perfect example right there. But like, maybe that some of that money saved, I invest it. And then maybe some of the money I, I buy myself a nice treat every week. And that exactly. is like the feeling that, that keeps it going. It's like uh, the little wins. Um, mm-hmm. can, can that, really- that, 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 san- that sanity money is what I call it. I've helped people budget for that. Cause they think, Oh, you know, if I have to set a budget, then I'm not going to be able to have any fun. I'm like, no, we, we have a, 
a hefty little line item for sanity money, which is celebrating little wins, your, your me money. And it's all about seasons too. Like you just said, you know, you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't have nice things, but you know, if, if you're in debt, you know, if it's a season, you know, maybe you need to cut back or, you know, the, the, we talked, I think about this last week, like, you know, parties can get nicer the more money you have and that's a season, Absolutely. you know, the parties I'm going to throw in the late thirties, hopefully will be a little nicer than the ones you're throwing right now. So, you know, people don't, unfortunately, our generation specifically, they don't look 20 years ahead. Mm-hmm. They barely look 20 minutes ahead. So if you can get people <laughs> on that long-term mindset and thinking, okay, you know, this, this grind I'm going to do right now, this is for a season that's going to pay off in the future and really helping people. That's one of my, the, the toughest thing I do, but also my favorite is in that session is helping people identify their own why. Like, why do you actually want to pay yeah, this off? Because I could tell, because I could tell you, I could tell you, I could give you a hundred hours worth of knowledge, but unless you decide why you want to do this, why do you want to get out of debt? Why do you want to pay it off in half the time? Until you get people to buy into their own why, you're not going to see a lot of change. So, helping people with that long-term mindset um, is is very key. Yeah, yeah, and and it's really like when you think about like investing for 10 years or so it really isn't that long like it the years kind of fly by i'm realizing now as i get older and Mm -hmm. i mean 10 20 years from now i'll be like 47 47 like you can i I, i'll still be playing soccer hopefully and in Mm -hmm. my free time and might have some some kids and a family but at 47 you can still go out and enjoy drinks or a nice dinner with some friends go to a nice show something like that and and that will create a lot less stress versus now when you know you're going out you're going to have a hundred dollar meal and, and that hundred dollars is like your whole week of budgeting, for example. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like the, I, I definitely in my budget, uh, add a little fun time or fun, fun spend there, like your, your sanity money. But, uh, again, knowing that like the ration, we, we ration for a reason. So that a couple of years from now, it, it'll all pay off. And yeah, you know, like I said, 10 and 20 years from now, those years are still going to happen. And people are always saying, well, you know, in 20 years, I'll start taking care of my money with all the money I have. It's like, no, you got to start taking care of it now so you actually have some 10 or 20 years from now. You know, this, this life, whether we're talking about career or money or whatever, you know, it, it's not a dress rehearsal. Like, this is the real one. This is all we got. So <laughs> we need to be good stewards with what we have now, our time, talent, treasure, so that 20 years from now, we can look back and thank our current selves for what the yeah. decisions we made. So. Yeah, you talk about mental health and, and living a healthy lifestyle. I mean, you can live healthy now and then make smart decisions financially that will allow you to live healthier later on in life too. So that you're not eating ramen noodles when you have two children, for example. And that's a very aggressive example, but that's, that's how I roll over here. Like, I just like to think of like worst case scenario or, you know, what's, what's, what's something that's going to happen that I never planned for. And, you know, just try to be prepared for that. Um, have some savings, try to have some investment funds, um, and people, and people think that it's just going to be the same as it was with our parents growing up. Everyone just thinks, oh, well, you know, real soon I'm just going to be able to get a house and then retire. It's like, unfortunately, things are changing. You know, like houses cost a lot more. This is not the 50s. We're just easy to just live that American dream. I mean, you have to really put in the work and just be really intentional, I guess, more than anything. Work smarter, not harder. Perfect work so they, right there. They just, they just think it's going to happen. And, you know, no one is out there. As you know, John, no one's out there saying, "How can I make John's financial situation better?" <laughs> Only, how can how can I how can I make John have his dream life twenty years from now? No one's out there doing that. Going to drop it in our laps, like other things have been dropped in our laps over the years, unfortunately. So we have to be 
making that decision to do it ourselves because it's not, not just going to happen like it has, you know, in previous generations. Yeah, you can have people in your corner that are cheering you on, but like no one's going to go out of their way to to help make you more money, most likely. Unless unless you're really, like you said, intentional and then like put it out there too. Put it out there in the universe. Talk to people about money, right? Talk to people about your goals and and you'll never know uh, or you might be surprised who you bump into that has similar goals. Um, I I mean, just without going into details, my two best investments that I think will will be the the best things that happen to me financially before 35 will be, came because I just was talking about money. I'm just because I was talking Love about it. it. And people are like, oh, well, have you actually ever thought of this? Or have you heard of this? Or what do you think about this? And like I said, those would never have happened if I hadn't been talking about financial education, so. Absolutely. And then to go along with that, did you also have to have the money ready to go to actually invest there too? Uh, that was part of it. One of them, one of them, yeah. One of them had, had to have a little lump sum in it. One of them is just a certain you know, kind of stock tip. Gotcha. Um, but, but, uh, you know, without the conversation, you don't hear about that. And without the preparation, you know, of making the good decisions leading up to that, so that, you know, when things, when something does get dropped on your life, right. you know, you could have the best option ever dropped on your life, but if you're not ready, you got to analyze it and act. And if you don't have the money to act, or if you don't have the, the readiness to go and, and the know how to, how to analyze a deal, then yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to act on that. Um, Speaking of like expenses and, and cutting back or sa- where you can save, I, so I, am, I told you, I'm saving up to start house hacking next year. I'm um, mm-hmm. super excited about that. That'll be my second real big real estate project. You're doing that right now and a little differently through Airbnb, some Airbnb arbitrage there. Um, mm-hmm. So w- whenever I hear anybody mention that they're house hacking, I, I light up. I, I want to pick their brain and hear more about it and the numbers and and what they're doing because it's not something people think about right people are like house or buying a house is your first big investment really i read somewhere that that's most people's only big investment and so yeah you're gonna look at it like it's a good one but when you actually add up the numbers it's not always great unless you are intentional about how you are um living and 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 your housing expenses usually most people's biggest expense so uh i mean maybe elaborate a little more on well House hacking for anybody that doesn't know is, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but you're basically reducing your living costs by either renting out rooms, using Airbnb, um, duplexes, triplexes, and renting out the other units. And, and so Jake has a kind of interesting way that he's doing it there. And I'll, I'll let him go into that a, a little bit more detail there. Yeah. So I was, I was very uh, blessed. The Lord blessed me with the ability to buy a house about five and a half years ago. And so, you know, ever since I bought that house, I've always had uh, roommates living with me and house hacking that way by, you know, it was a three bedroom house. I mean, three of us living there um, and then them paying rent, which helped cover the mortgage a little bit. But more recently, wanted to switch some things up and I actually divided my split level house. Uh, we put a door in at the bottom of the stairs and truly separated it into almost two separate units. And everything, there's everything you need downstairs at least to to get by, you know, there's bathroom, washer, dryer, bedroom, living space, and then a wet bar kitchenette. So I started Airbnb being out that separate downstairs unit and they have everything they need down there. And it's, it's been great so far. So I'm really, you know, I just started doing this about a month and a half ago, but I'm, you know, my Airbnb is booked out through uh, middle of February right now. And, you know, the, the income I'm bringing in is about twice as much as I could just renting out that downstairs unit. So it's, completely eliminating my housing expenses, paying my mortgage and most of the uh, utilities that go along with that. So, you know, it's allowing me to 
you know, being able to make this decision is what's helping fund my other dreams. You know, like we're talking about, I, you know, just being a grassroots entrepreneur right now with this, you know, I'm not bringing in high amounts of income by any means, but it's, I'm allowing to spend a full-time job portion working on this because I don't have to be making quote unquote real money in a job to pay for my living expenses. Mm -hmm. so I'm more on the let's cut the expenses and then just make some smart money here and there where, you know, I start the month plus my living expenses are plus 400, not negative. Oh. But some people are. Yeah. And like you said, with, with the house being a people's first or only big investment, you know, houses when they appreciate are a great investment, but the amount you actually put into them on the monthly payment, there's a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me right now who are saying, you know, if you don't plan to house hack or do something, you should just be renting. And, you know, as, as you know, cause you've read the book, you know, some people define an asset as something that puts money into your pocket and yeah. a house is just taking money out of your pocket unless you're using it with house hacking or something else. So uh, the way I preach real estate to my customers and clients is actually something I'm looking to get into too, but you know, more of like the duplex triplex model mm -hmm. live in one side, you can live by yourself and then rent the other two out. So, you know, having your, People don't really think about having their first purchase be a triplex, but when, yeah, you can live right. for, when you can live for free and then that triplex funds the rest of your dreams or funds the down payment on your down, on your yeah. dream house. Well, your next home. Then, yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then their eyes start lighting up like, Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know about that. Mm -hmm. So that, that's my, that's, you know, some of my favorite parts is showing these little different tactics to people and seeing that the fire light up in their eyes. And, and you can use the same types of loans that people are doing to get their, their dream house or the house that's stretching them financially thin, or maybe they just wanted to get into a house in the suburbs. And, but whether it's one, two, three, or up to four, uh, multi-unit uh, multi property with up to four units, you can use that same type of FHA loan or first time home buyers assistance buyer program. Most of the time, most States have one. Um, yeah. I mean, here in Colorado, I haven't been seeing a huge, uh, huge volume of like duplexes and triplexes, which has been a little disappointing, but, um, I mean, dude, you're, you're Airbnb being, you, you just made a small investment of, of breaking down the second story and the first story into true separate units. And we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. People are still a little iffy about traveling and, and you're booked out what five, six, six months from now. Um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been a huge blessing and, you know, you just, you learn as you go. You know, I didn't, I didn't even know if this was really going to work. <laughs> so I did it. And, uh, you know, you had, you had hope and whatnot, but you know, I, I, uh, my roommates left March 15th when the world was shutting down yeah. and, so, and I was supposed to be doing Airbnb and then there was no people traveling for a month or two, um, you know, got lucky and, and worked, worked your way through that uh, with a short term tenant. But now you know, pe people are antsy to travel again. And you just, like, I just happened to stumble upon a certain niche, like people moving to Colorado with dogs. <laughs> they, they love my Airbnb. I'm pet friendly. It's a short-term thing while they Have can find be. a place. Yeah. Um, you know, you just, you go as far as you can see. And then once you get there, you, you go where you can see from that point. So it's, uh, it's no one does things perfect. Definitely learn as you go with anything finances for sure. Taking that first leap of faith is really hard. Um, I, I had a partner really help me and, and edge me into it a little bit more for real estate with, with the stock market. I was all in there. I just, I felt like I had a good enough business acumen that I could read uh, per financial statements and understand companies. And if you don't know what to do in the stock market, just look around at what everybody has in their phone or sorry, in their hand. Um, mm -hmm. They have, you know, usually an Apple 
phone, um, look at their computers. They might have a Microsoft, they might have an Apple, look at the cars that they're driving. And so that's, I mean, investing, you can use your eyes a lot there. Um, and I tell people, you know, just look around in the world and try to be creative. But how did you overcome that initial, I guess, the, the, uh, the anxiety a little bit of, of not knowing if it's going to work? Because um, I, I was talking to a friend earlier on, and she's like, I have all these ideas. I'm just a little scared to fail. And I, I don't know how to tell people to overcome that. I think it's just everybody is different. Um, but you're yeah. coaching all these different types of people. How do you do it yourself? And how do you try to help them overcome that type of uh, that feeling? Well, I mean, the, the thing with failing, it, it depends on what your mindset on it. You know, you can do the whole Thomas Edison thing where he, he didn't fail. He just found, you know, a thousand ways how to not make a light bulb. Nice. Like, you know, it, it, failing, failing opens your eyes to what needs to be changed. And, you know, as long as you're not uh, putting two feet in, Warren Buffett says, don't, don't test the, the depth of water with both feet. <laughs> you know, so as long as, as long as you're not all in on one thing that you can't afford to lose, you know, a failure is just a setback. It's just a redirection. Um, you know, I tell people when they're starting to budget, like, Hey, just like, you don't learn how to work out right away. It's going to be tough at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, if they give yourself some grace, know that essentially the making a financial decision that leads to failure, which leads to knowledge is still going to put you in a better place five years from now than if you didn't do anything at all. You know, some action is better than waiting for a perfect action. Action now is better than a perfect action five years from now. So just, just start, you know, yeah. just start, take, take control of your own life and, you know, live, like I said, create the life that you want to live. I think I tell students, if they would spend one tenth of the time that they do on TikTok, you know, Fortnite, <laughs> video games, Instagram, and one tenth of that time and yeah. invested in their own personal financial education, whether through YouTube or reading books, they would have an unreal advantage. And the same thing goes for millennials you know the people who schedule sessions are the five percent who are actually deciding to do something to better their future financial future they're already they're already a step ahead love it i couldn't agree more uh you know it, failure learning there's there's synonyms when when you're really you know being careful and cautious and, and knowing your risk tolerance and all of that too um so you heard it here first everyone you know if you're if you're nervous about taking that first step if you got an idea uh reach out to someone or uh, reach out to someone who's doing that. Just, just try to get started in a small way. Dip your toe in the pond and see what the water's like. You might like it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, I mean, Jake, did you do any, any type of like investing in yourself or your own type of education before you made your moves in real estate, before you made your moves on those personal type of investments that you talked about that ended up panning out kind of nicely? Um, so my, my investments... Yeah, you know, I, I do invest in myself and invest in my further education. You know, whether that be a couple couple online courses on real estate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I love learning through books. I've got currently, I got five books over there on my actual night, like, you know, reading stand, which are ones that I'm going through all the time, nice. getting a few different ones in all the time. And, and there's so much that you can learn for free. I mean, the cost of a book, right. what's 12 bucks to, you know, open your mind to something that can make right. you $100,000. And they are out there. People think, oh, no, a book couldn't. If you, I know you like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If someone reads Rich Dad, Poor Dad and implements into their life, that is easily a six-figure book. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Same absolutely. with, you know, some of the ones I'm reading on multifamily real estate. And I took a course, and taking a course online, learning that stuff. So that's, that's what a lot I'm doing in some of my downtime is just really deepening my knowledge that I can have the best stuff to pass on to other people. So, I, agree. I mean, investing, yeah. in, investing in themselves, 
is is the, <laughs> the best investment they're going to make as far as financial education. Absolutely. And I think, so I, I read this the other day. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, but it was like basically gifting someone whenever someone like gifts someone else courses. Like if I was to go and gift one of my friends who doesn't care about money at all, but like I'm really into money and I think it'd be a great gift for them. It rarely ever works. It rarely ever takes because you have to make the personal investment and you have to make the personal motion yourself to actually get involved. So like buying people these books, that might work. It's, it's only like eight to $10. So it's worth taking a shot and, and seeing if maybe you can convince one of your friends to get into business with you. But um, you know, for, for some of these things, the actual action of doing it yourself, you have to kind of be ready to make that investment and, and then do the work that goes in the back end of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, it's at the end, all of this, it's called personal finance for a reason. It is personal. And yeah, it comes down to that person making a personal decision that they need to do something about it to change or to get where they want to go, get to. And that, you know, that goes back to them finding, finding their why. And if anyone's, you know, listening to this and there's that inkling in their, in their chest, like, Oh man, I need to do something about it. Just do it. Just jump in, just do it. It's, it is worth it. You can't go wrong investing in yourself and your knowledge, learning something, a skill, you know, unfortunately money makes the world go round. So knowing how to help with that, Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you there, right? Like um, at the end of the day, like if you're going to go out to the bar, just maybe take a weekend off and, and get a book. And, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably a prime candidate. Get a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Millionaire Next Door, um, anything from bigger pockets, real estate wise, they're, they're all out there. Um, check them out. I mean, you can even get them for free sometimes. But I, I personally like to buy these books because I like to go back and look at them. Um, I told you I like living, I like, I like nice stuff, right? I like material things and, and I like living in a nice area, but at the same time, I still go back and I, I reread certain parts of the millionaire next door every year just to kind of get my mind back. It's, it's my way of like, um, acclimatizing to the life I want to live, but then also just like bringing myself back down to earth a little bit too. So I, I, I like having the books, um, to be able to check back to, do you, do you have like a favorite book or or one that you are, uh, I guess, consistently recommending you, or you find yourself recommending a lot? Yeah, I, so there's, there's three books that I send recommendations afterwards, one being Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. One is kind of a very lesser-known book. I think, um, I don't know the author off the top of my head, but it's called Stop Being a Sucker. Okay. Stop Being a Sucker. Um, I have the link I can send you to. And then one's an uh, older book called Investing in Duplexes, Triplexes, and Quads. Nice. And it's, it's an older book. It's from 2006, but those principles haven't really changed. Um, yeah. So just learning, you know, because a lot of times I talk to people about this real estate strategy, like, oh my gosh, like I definitely want to learn more about that. And those are three great books. You can get all three of them for probably 20, 25 bucks total on Amazon. And it's, it's a six figure change just like that. The, the title of that one, Stop Being a Sucker, uh, has me attracted to it right away. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's the exact type of tone that I like to take personally when I talk to friends too. It's like what you're giving your money away to what the banks, like that's, that's what you're doing when you you're in debt, right? Like any interest, you're just, you're just throwing your money away down the toilet to the banks. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're funding other people's dreams instead of your own. So we're trying to get people go. on the right side of compound interest so they can start funding their own dreams and have their money work for them. instead of the other way around. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, I like those. Um, New books too. I, I mean, I've obviously heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but those other two are new ones. So um, those again were Stop Being a Sucker. And the other one was just investing in 
duplexes, duplexes triplexes, triplexes, and quads. And quads. Yeah. Okay, nice. And that was 2006. That was before the big real estate depression in 2008. And mm-hmm. look at where we're at now, like 10 years later. Or so I mean, well, 14 years later. I mean, people think we're in kind of economic uncertain times, which it would be foolish to think that everything's all honky-dory right now. But people are making money in real estate right now. Uh, I know for sure. Um, so that is, that is, I mean, well, yeah. those are skills and those are, those are moves. That- 90% of self-made millionaires get there through real estate. So it's not a bad field to learn about. That's for sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's about one it. that I foresee a lot heavier in my, in my uh, five year plan. We'll be getting that even more heavy. So. Love that. Yeah. We need a brainstorm about how to make some money in this tough Colorado market. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get creative out here. Um, right. Work smarter, not harder. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as we're wrapping up here, uh, Jake, any, any final thoughts, anything that you'd want people to know about if they reach out to you or any, any final tips at all? Um, you know, main, as far as tips, like we've talked about a lot, you know, find your own why, take responsibility for your own financial future. I got literally a post-it note on my mirror right here, pointing to the mirror saying, you know, this person you see is the only one who's going to make, get you to where you want to go. Nice. So the, the faster that people can, take that the faster they're going to see change you know 28 or sorry 80 percent of financial stuff is just like attitude and will so finding your will to do it it's not the knowledge the knowledge is there but until you decide they make that decision to you know the the biggest step to get where you want to go is decide you're not going to be where you are right now so i'm telling people take the step take the leap quit quit existing and start living um you know take take that take that back yourself as far as me no i think you know just people no, you know, if you want to talk more about this, uh, that's that's what I do. If you you hear the passion, hopefully in my voice, hear the smiles on my voice, like this is what I love to do. I love to help people. Love to help anyone here. Like I said, you can find me on jakemarvin.com, Instagram, jakemarvin33. Love to help out any way possible. Risk free. Risk free, people. Pay what you want to pay, and based on past experience, you're most likely going to be paying the full amount because you're going to get some value from it. Um, awesome. Don't hesitate to reach out to Jake. Jake, thanks for coming on, man. It's great talking with you. And I look forward to, to doing more projects like this with you. Absolutely. John, thanks again for having me. And I look forward to, uh, to sharing this and this podcast with everyone I know as well. And you're doing good things. And yeah, one of these days, maybe post or a little more post COVID we'll get together and, and build talk some talk some strategy. Hey everyone, thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jake and I. I hope you got some valuable nuggets to take away there. Um, Jake's got a great mission and if you are struggling right now or if you have um, a wall that you uh, find between yourself and your financial objectives or goals, Jake might be able to help you with some one-on-one coaching and consulting. So uh, feel free to reach out to him and you know where to reach me at Talk Cash Pod. Again, that's at Talk Cash Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you guys have any topics that you'd like to learn or hear more about, um, potentially have me find a guest and, and bring them on for, feel free to DM me um, or comment on any of my posts. But other than that, I look forward to speaking to you guys next episode. Enjoy the episode. Pass and share along to any friends. Have a great one.